We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, we are live here at Imperial Pizza Thursday night. My man, Matt Marino, Buffalo Bills, the reporter, New York.com is with me. Dude, what's going on, man? I'm... <laughs> I feel like we've done these a lot now. It's almost like I can kind of talk to you in my sleep at this point. First of all, what's going on, man? It's good to see you in person as always, man. It's good to see you, man. I love coming out to uh, Imperial, hanging out with you. It's always a fun time. Um, yeah, I feel like we're we're definitely past 10 probably at this point, or yeah. we're at least approaching that number. Definitely for sure. Dude, I think we've done like six or seven of these live in, in person at, right. at, at this point. Tonight was, uh, for us anyway, it was barbecue wing night. Mm. We, we went with some... Loganberry barbecue, which I know are one of your favorites. And then we had some honey mustard barbecue. Um, that was kind of an homage to our, our, our friend Marcel Louis Jacques, mm. who, of course, is now is, uh, with Miami. Enjoyable, as always, man. Yeah. Pizza, too. Oh, my gosh. Pizza. It was it was unbelievable. The uh, the Loganberry always hit, but that, those honey mustard barbecues snuck up on me because you know me. That's Elmo's for me. Like, I love that wing, but. That was really close, man. Like they're they're really good. Like we spent a lot of time at Wing Nuts uh, last time we were hanging out. We were over there. Yeah. There's so many good places in town. You they cannot are. go wrong yeah. with the elites of the elites. But man, Imperial, it has a little bit of an extra special place in my heart because that pizza, dude. There was a place back on um, Parker back in the day. It's closed now. It's called Milano's. Mm -hmm. It was a spinoff of Bocce or vice versa. Like they were in the same family. Matina's is like that too. Imperial too is that same style, that sweet sauce, yeah. the bread, the crust. I love Imperial, dude. You know what my favorite place about this thing is? And you brought up wing nuts. Uh, to me, they're two completely different oh, types yeah. of places. The wings are two completely different types of wings. Now, of course, you and Ryan from the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast, you guys are doing some live shows there now a little more regularly, which I love those, man. Yeah. You know that. But what I like about wing nuts and what I like about this place, and we talked about this a little bit while we were eating before the show, they're consistent. Right. Like, if you like wing nuts, name a flavor. It doesn't even matter. Mild, which, by the way, their mild is probably the only place I've ever been to where you say mild and there's still flavor to it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, my point was at wing nut, if you like mild or Cajun or whatever, if you love them, you hate them, you're going to get the same type of wing every single time. My favorite thing about Imperial Pizza, same type of deal. We can get 
honey mustard barbecue 10 straight days and they're going to taste the same 10 straight days and to me that's what separates a lot of these types of places from all the rest there's right. a lot of places out there and you know this too they're great one time you go there right. and then the next time you go there it tastes completely different and that's what i love about this place and wing nuts too the consistency you know yeah and like honestly like of course the wings are great the pizza's great but like the vibe in here is like next yeah. level like i know i love how spacious this is you got the kind of the bar that kind of wraps around in a circle and it's just um in the heart of south buffalo uh it is the heart of south buffalo too man it just feels like it you know when you walk in um by the way so you might see if you're watching this on the video side by the way matt's got his phone out here i really don't need mine but you might be checking for some potential yeah night. we were talking about this wouldn't it be something if we were doing this show live and the bills ended up pulling off a trade for uh deandre hopkins <laughs> ryan texted me ryan talbot texted me right before the show he's like you do know that this trade's happening as soon as you guys hit press live on this thing because you know that, that's going to alter my night quite a bit once that does eventually happen if it does um but it's been a while 24 hours you know people keep asking me about like you know any update any updates brandon bean has given you all the info you need on moves like this the bills are going to be calling and so if you're a, if you're reading a source somewhere or a report somewhere that's sourced it, that comes out that says the bills called the bills call on everybody like they called on Bob Miller two different times, then they ultimately signed him. They're in, they're going to be in on DeAndre Hopkins. If the price is right. He is never going to shy away from adding good players. It should have come down to the dollars and cents. Now, the, the deal itself for Hopkins, the way I understand it, Mike Gennetti at spottrack.com does a great job of laying this all out. He'll put tweets out that shows you like what it'll look like for the team trading for him. It's about $35 million in, 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 in um, salary over the next two seasons. But you're probably, if you're trading for them, you're going to want to create cap space this year. You're going to convert that 2023 number. Yeah. It's going to come all the way down to $4 million. So it's doable. It's just about, all right, what are you going to be sending out to bring them in? The price seems to be falling. And if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm sitting on my hands. Like, I don't have to do anything. You don't want the Chiefs to swoop in and get them. But it doesn't right. seem like the Chiefs financially are going to be a player in this. So you can kind of wait if, if you don't want to bid against yourself. It's... As a fan, it's exciting, and you know, I'm not gonna lie. I spent half a Thursday refreshing Twitter, like every, <laughs> almost like it is like when free agency first starts. You know what right. I'm saying? Where you're always looking for a signing. We'll, we'll circle back to football in a second. I want to go back to these live shows that, like I do, and that you're doing now as well with Ryan. Which again, I, I love when you guys do your show live. I just think this brings a different element. Like I've had you live here a couple times, a couple other spots we've done shows too, and then we've done. The, the, the old StreamYard way or Zencaster right. before that. Those are good interviews. And obviously, that's where we do the majority of our shows, both of us. But when you get a chance to, and I'm not talking about for me because I already know how I feel about it. But like when you get a chance to sit down on your show and, and you and Ryan are live now at Wing Nuts and you bring in guests like you had Chris Trapasso there a, a couple weeks ago, just mm -hmm. having that live vibe. It's just a, doesn't it just feel different to you, like having that conversation with somebody? in person as opposed to you know looking at stream out or something like that not that there's anything wrong with that it's just right. a different vibe to me so i'm at the point now where i've been on Streamyard for so long and like we're dude we're closing in on 400 episodes ah, it's a lot is that man. not wild in three it years is. it is a lot i remember when you first started the show wow, i know wow. now a little bit of that is funny i have to go back and actually catalog the thing because some of those were we were doing these like news bulletin podcasts yeah, I sort of that were kind of thrown in there so the, the number's not perfect. I think it's probably more closer to 
a little over 300, but whatever the case may be, a lot of shows on StreamYard. And I'm so used to it. It's like, it's like home base. So like, I, I don't ever mind doing the stream or anything. What I love about the live events is that it allows me to a lot of times put a face to a, like a, a handle sure. online, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. People come out, you get the chance to spend some time with them. I have a regular uh, uh, listener of the show that has been out to multiple of them. Is, he was actually here for the Stevie Johnson one that we did, Scott Moranto. Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine, right? Like I'm we talk off, yeah. to the, off to the side. Um, Charlie's out here tonight, a good a good buddy of both of ours. So just the ability to kind of like, you know, meet up with people, talk to them. And I tell people all the time, like people sometimes say, oh, I'm a little bit shy to come out. Like, you know, uh, it seems like I don't want to like, I don't know, like if we've never met in person before, that's what this is for. Because guess what? At the end of the day, it's less like the interactions on social media. We're just talking bills, hanging out, having good beers, having good wings, having good, having good pizza at Imperial. It's a fun time. It's worth the pain in the ass to put these shows together live. Like I said, you know what it's like bringing your mics, your laptop and all your stuff with you. It's, it's definitely worth it. One thing that I've always liked about I'm in the, uh, I'm in the market for a producer. Um, Here comes the kit. We can't play a lot, but man, if somebody could start looking, because listen, we're, we're raising the game because the in-house experience for me, not to cut you off. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. But the in-house experience for me is something that I'm really getting a little bit more passionate about and wanting to make it better because one of the challenges that we have, like we get in here right now, we're doing this show. Nobody that's in this restaurant right now can hear us. No. Unless they like put it on their phone or whatever. So we're doing like a, like a speaker setup at Wing Nuts now that we're going to kind of launch at this next show. April 15th, by the way, guess who's coming on? Oh, little announce, break some news here. Uh-oh. Joe Biscalia from The Athletic. Oh, nice, We're nice. going to get him out. Listen, getting Joe Beaver out for a live show, it's took, a little, took a little bit of, uh, but I told him we were going to do a little, like, not a mock draft, but I was going to bring, like, four different draft um, scenarios, and we were going to argue and debate him. He's like, I'm in. That's all it took. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Joe, Joe B is awesome, and you're right, man. It does take a lot of work to get I did get him one time. We did a show at Sunny Reds, okay. and it was really cool. He actually they had him autograph nice the, the wall afterwards. That that was not really cool. Yeah, I loved you. In fact, one of my highlights not nothing to do with the podcast, but of all the guests I've had, is he showed me his spreadsheets oh. like from his phone. I was like, holy shit, man! I yeah. don't think I've. <laughs> I sit next to him in the in the press box. Tim Graham and Joe B are right next, and it depends on the week. Sometimes they sit in different spots, so I'm either sitting next to one of them, and. Uh, just the anxiety I get looking over at him, just thumbing through those spreadsheets on a game day. And like after every play, adding everybody that was on the field real quick, personnel packages, changing, bop, 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 changing, bop, bop, bop. I'm like, dude, like my head's spinning. I can I can only imagine. One of the things I like about you, well, I like a lot of things about you, but one of the things I that I, we have in common is that we were born and raised here mm -hmm. and not necessarily here in Imperial Pizza or right. <laughs> We were born and raised in, in Western New York. And went to live somewhere else mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. I went to Florida. You went to Las Vegas. Now we're obviously we're both back here. You have a good career going. I'm doing all right for myself. <laughs> I tell you though, I, I so I just went on vacation. I, I I call it a vacation. I went to Florida last week. That's why there was no live show. I hate to call it a vacation because it's where I lived for five years. Right. I guess technically maybe it sort of is, but I went more or less to to go see old friends of mine right. that I made. And then I come back and I'm like. Did you have, or do you ever, I mean, to be honest with you, career aside, I mean, you know, you got your family, you, yep. you got a career, you, things are going good for you. I know mm -hmm. that. Do you still ever have those second thoughts about what, like, what life would be like had you stayed in Vegas? Or maybe 
you come back here and then you decided this wasn't going to be for you and then you go back to vegas have you had second thoughts like that at some point the first two years i'll be honest with you there's a lot of that there's a lot of yeah. man i miss so much about it like the job specifically like i love what i get to do and i never complain about it especially like the family or anything like there's people that got to do tough jobs that i'm never going to sure. sit here and complain about going to talk to josh allen every wednesday you know what i mean right, like that's right, just right. not what i want to do but there's things about the, the UFC gig that was just so special. Um, and then Vegas, like, I got to be honest with you, I'm 40 years old. I'm such a wuss, man. I, I hate these winters. Like, we're at this point of this. I'm going to Phoenix for we, – we made it longer. I'm going for the owner's meetings. It's only two or three days. My family out there, we're going for six because I'm like, I got to get out of this weather. Like, just like some sunshine, some 75-degree weather. And then we get back and we'll, we'll be closer to, like, summer. So that part of it is definitely there. But now that I'm back this long, I don't even really ever think about it. And I actually, when they when the Bills played the Rams, I went out, uh, covered the game. And then a buddy of mine that lives in California that I uh, knew in Vegas, he moved uh, to Cali. We met up after the Rams game, drove to Vegas and did a weekend in Vegas. Yeah. Met up with some old friends. It was a great time. But I had this like epiphany that it's like, I'm where I'm supposed to be now. You're like you know what I mean? Like sure, I yeah. I love Vegas. I miss Vegas in a lot of different ways, but I'm definitely back in the Buffalo state of mind, like the routine, and it just feels like home. Is it hard to live in Vegas? Like I would lose my shirt, man. <clears throat> well, maybe not me, because I'm like my wife would. I'm gonna call it out. You know, my my wife <laughs> would lose her shirt. I'm not much of a gambler, but just that oh no that lifestyle. Is it is there like communities in Vegas, or is it as big city feel as it certainly seems from the outside all the time? Um. I, I would never I never had a problem with gambling. As a matter of fact, I gambled a lot on, on football when I lived out there. I couldn't gamble on MMA, which is I probably would have made a killing back <laughs> in the I knew everything yeah. about that sport, the ins sure. and outs, all of it. And then even when I left the UFC, people would hit me up all the time. Oh, what do you think about this fight? And then I started kind of sprinkling it. I still felt a little bit dirty about it because I just knew so much about it. But man, I was killing it. But now if I try to bet a UFC event, I'm so out of the game now. I'm yeah. so out of like you know, I'm so much in the NFL world. It's just different, but um, I have a willpower for that. If it, if, if I start losing money, I'm done. Like my wife, I was telling you about this before the show. Yeah. She hit three of four yeah. parlay yeah. Uh, NCAA tournament bets over the le weekend last weekend. I did two. I lost both of them. I was done. <laughs> I'm a terrible gambler. You know what? It's crazy. And I hate gambling. It's so weird. Like we could go sit at the bar right now after this show and I could go drop 250 bucks. Well, maybe not that much. Yeah. <laughs> Go drop 100, 150 bucks, and I wouldn't really think, you know, we get our buzz on, and I wouldn't really think much of it the next day. You and I right now left the show and went to Hamburg Slots, and I lost 40 bucks. I'd be mad at myself. Yeah, Dang. I'm the same way. If I start losing money, it pisses me off too much, so I don't <laughs> want that in my life. i got enough things that piss me off. You mentioned the weather, and I hate listen, as well documented I how, how much I hate being right. cold. But this is... The fun time of year. Like, we're getting towards the end of March here in Buffalo. Right. And it's not – it's starting to happen a little bit. But you can tell the weather is going to start popping. So, right. like, it's going to get nice. And, man, Buffalo, for all of its flaws – and all cities have flaws. You can, you know, run down the line and you can find something bad about any city. But this city comes alive when the weather breaks right. and it starts to get nice because people are bent up for months just waiting for this. And it feels like we're on the, the cusp now of yeah. some nice weather. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, and you know what? It really affects my mood. Like, I was having a conversation with a Bills fan in my uh, Instagram DMs yesterday. Uh, 
good, good. He's become a good buddy too. And we were talking about he was he was getting on me about he's like oh, I haven't seen any workout pictures like sometimes on Instagram I'll post like you know the the treadmill or the weights that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't done it in a while because I got to be honest with you I've been a little bit patchy in the gym. And I said one of the problems I have is that I get into the these doldrums of like January February and I just lose my motivation and I just I don't want to go out in the rain and the sleet and the snow and I'm just like. I lose it. And then we get to like Mar end of March, early April. And I feel like it's an awakening. And I'm like crushing it five days a week in the gym, like eating better. I'm on my John Scott grind yeah. <laughs> and, and everything's good in the world, but it takes me to get to that part of the calendar. Seasonal here. depression. Yeah. It's seasonal depression. I, I, I truly believe it's a real thing, but again, it's like, it just, it comes alive and it's so opposite in Florida. And I don't right. know how it was in Vegas weather wise, but right now in Florida is as good as it gets. And it's going to go downhill soon because there's going to be 85, 90 degrees with humidity every day. And then it's going to rain all sporadically. You never know right. when it's coming. So I don't know. This is just a, a fun time of year to be in Buffalo. Yeah, this is the time of year in about a month where everybody in Vegas goes inside for three months because it's too hot. Right, it's like 110 right. and you need AC and can't take the kids outside. So from a from a family quality of like life perspective, we, we wouldn't have made it in, in Vegas. Like it just wouldn't have worked. I mean, I did do that for high school with Shane because of football and stuff. But yeah, the, there's just not community. And this is no look, man. I don't want to sit there and just diss Florida because there's right. a lot of beautiful things about Florida too. But that's one of my favorite things about Buffalo. My least favorite thing is the weather, but my favorite thing is like communities. Like right around here. In fact, we just had dinner, um, just swings now. My good friend Ryan, mm -hmm. who um had stage four cancer and, and we were talking about this for a few minutes last fall and he is not he wasn't even living there at the time he's right. living in florida literally next door to where i lived and he's got diagnosed with stage four cancer i put together or not i a, a team of us put together a a gofundme and then be a benefit party for him right and this whole community here in south buffalo which by the way shout out to imperial pizza because they quite literally gave 15 party pizzas wow. for the benefit for, for literally nothing. They didn't have to do that. Right. Way That's above amazing. and beyond. But anyway, my point was people in the community that I haven't seen in a long time, everyone showed up at that benefit or everyone bought a ticket. Everyone was like, what can we donate? We have so many amazing prizes. It was crazy. Those are the things you get in Western New York and Buffalo that I don't. I feel like you're not going to get in a lot of other communities. Just the, the, the togetherness. It's like you cannot see somebody for a long time but when the, when the chips are down. Like the community, wherever you are, Amber, Tonawana, wherever, people rally around. You know what I mean? That's probably my favorite thing about living here in Western New York at this point. Yeah, no, I. It's just a small community. You can't go anywhere, like, and not see somebody that you know. Right, right. And it's like we say that we joke around about that in Buffalo, but it's it's so true. It like, true. I was standing at um at school the other day. My kids. They had like some type of event at school. Oh, it was the, the sing-off they do where all the teachers come out and they like lip sync numbers. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. It's cute for the kindergarten to, to fifth graders. And I'm standing in the gym afterwards and I see a kid that I played Little League Baseball with like 30 years ago. <laughs> and, I, and I never would have ever thought to see him again. And we were just like, nothing much, but like five minutes caught up. How's your family? How's life? It's like that all the time in Buffalo and you would not get in that in Vegas. How long did it take? from you coming back here starting to cover the bills this is how i feel like when you first came back not many people knew, knew who you were you know what i'm saying right. when you first started covering the bills now five years later so you're you're at a point where it's all i feel like if we walk into any bar and there's 
people don't know who you are. I'm like, you're not really following the bills much, <laughs> much anymore. You know what I mean? Right. That process of going from a relative unknown in the eyes of bills fans in the public to now to a point where you're right up there with, you know, the well-known sports reporters in this market. Yeah. And I don't like mentioning that because I'm not a very like pat yourself on the back kind of guy. Like with stuff like that, I don't. Oh, I kind of get uncomfortable talking about it. But we were at um, we were at Anderson's a couple weeks ago, and we were out with my whole family. We were celebrating uh, my daughter's fifth birthday, and we had all the sides. Some people that are here tonight, my my in laws and my mm -hmm. wife, uh, her side of the family. And I'm walking in the um, in the restaurant, and somebody just says Matt, and like grabs me over to the table, and I was just. First, I was just like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Right? Like, uh, what's going on? He's like, "Oh, I love the show. Like, yeah. it's amazing." I went to the Sabers game a couple weeks ago, and I'm walking in the with my son in the um, corridor there, just going to get a, a soft pretzel or ice cream or something. And somebody stops me. He's like, "Oh, I listen to the show every." It's wild, right? Yeah. Like, I don't ever think of myself in that way, but it's like we don't go anywhere without. But that's, I tell this to other people. I talk to other NFL reporters. It's not like that in other cities, and that's another part of what makes Buffalo so sure. special is like the passion that they have for the team is why we're all so popular and why, you know, they, we interact with them. And I, I'm never going to get to the point in my career where I don't prioritize. I, I mentioned that conversation. I was having the DMS. I have hundreds of those sure. like lined up over the, over all the platforms that you know, if you reach out to me and you want to talk to me about the bills or anything else, I'm available because you're who I'm doing this for. Right. No, no, absolutely. And to your point, too, man, this city, and I should have said that, too, football is different here than right. Florida. That's probably the weather's the, uh, the biggest obvious thing. The other thing is sports. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. Like, here, you wake up on a Sunday morning on game day. It don't matter if you go to Wegmans, you go to the drugs, or wherever you go, there's a sea right. of Bills gear. You go down to Florida, none like that. Now, again. Well, let me just stop you for a second. There seems to be a little bit of an uprising in Florida. And it's called the Tuanon Department. Oh, we got to talk about this real quick. Did you see this the other day? No, 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 no. What? I was covering Trent Shearfield's introductory press conference. Mm -hmm. Not pretty innocent. I tweet out a quote from him. Well, first of all, I tweeted out the circumstances around him signing in the bills because Tyreek Hill reached out last week to him on social media and said, you with us? Like, what's going on oh. with your deal? No response. Well, then Monday comes along, and Trent Sherfield said the Miami Dolphins didn't want him back. They didn't offer him a contract. They they, they signed Braxton Berrios. They're going in a different direction. So I tweet out all of that. Like, he didn't have an invitation to come back to Miami. That was my first tweet. My second tweet was Trent Sherfield had a bunch of different options in free agency. He picked the Bills because, and this is what he said, if you want to become an elite receiver, go play with an elite quarterback. Oh. <laughs> had nothing to do with Tua, had nothing to do with the Dolphins. Yeah. It was in my, I was tweeting to my 65,000 followers who are Bills fans, why he ended up in Buffalo, a Miami Dolphins guy that had success last year. Well, Tua Non, this, this group on social media, this, I didn't know there were that many Miami Dolphins fans that were alive. I, I got to say, I think that was the most viral day of my career Yeah, in five years. Dude, people, I got a death threat. You got a death threat? I got a death threat. Jesus. And I didn't even, I wasn't even talking about Tua. It had nothing. I, it didn't even cross my mind that that was like, that they were going to take that as a slight to Tua. But there, I, I was talking to Marcel about it offline to, you know, not to put our private conversation up. And I was like, I didn't know it was this serious. Like, 
how do you go from A to B? I just didn't see the connection. But as soon as I noticed some of the negative replies, I quote tweeted my tweet and said, hey, FYI, this had nothing to do with two, I don't think. Like he was just saying he had a bunch of different options and he picked the Bills because of Josh Allen, which, by the way, Josh Allen's one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. So right. it doesn't, it's not news, like breaking news. Didn't, uh, didn't Tyreek Hill quote tweet? He quote tweeted. You had a statement from the And you know what he said? OMG. He didn't say this. That's what Tyreek oh, Hill yeah, said. Yeah. He quote tweeted and said, he didn't say this. So then I quote tweeted Tyreek with the actual quote of him That's saying it. it. Because come on, I got a, I got a, I got a reputation to uphold here, Tyreek. But I, what I think, and I was talking to some buddies about this. I think what Hill was saying is, oh, no, he didn't just say this. I think that's kind of more of what he meant, but I wasn't taking any chances, so I just put the video out anything there to make sure. that, Anything that ever spliced up this rivalry to me is always Yeah, it was fun. It was, so you put your part in it. Outside of the death threat. Outside, Everything else was fun. All right, we're going to take a real quick break, come back, talk some Buffalo Bills, Matt Perino. All right, we are back here at Imperial Pizza. By the way, real quick, before we get into Bill's talk, check these lunch specials out. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Imperial Pizza is one of the cheaper places in Western New York. They ain't. They're on par with everyone else. They're kind of comparable, but... They're all expensive, man. They are, they are. But you want to talk about an incredible lunch special? I got to plug this because this is ridiculous. From 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., seven days a week, you can get any of these combinations. I'm going to read right off the menu here. Any half sub or five wings... Or you could get a slice with five wings or fries, or you get a roast. This is the best one: a roast beef on weck or burger with five wings or fries, with a pop. Or if you just want to have a regular beer, a pint of beer, twelve bucks. That's twelve bucks. You can get a, a, a beef on weck. I went to Chipotle five today. Five wings and a beer for twelve bucks. Uh, I went to Chipotle today. Got myself a not a nice burrito, but it's one burrito. Mm-hmm. It's a little over ten dollars. Jesus, you spend a dollar fifty more. <laughs> And you get all that. I mean, that is yeah. a deal. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a great lunch special. Um, all right, before we get into some specific Bills talk, let's spend just a minute talking about this division because I feel like the AFC East is shaping up to yeah. be a bloodbath. All three of these teams, are. we hear the term loading up. They certainly are. Well, the Jets certainly are, and they will be, you know, a quarterback soon enough, And I'm sure. Miami's definitely loading up, and New England is making some moves to get that offense a lot more respectable. Look, the Bills, to me, are still the best team in the division. I don't think that's changed because of who the quarterback is. And that even if Aaron Rodgers eventually does come to New York, which we all think that's going to happen. Let's be honest. We all watched last season. That ain't Aaron Rodgers anymore. No, no, no. And I'll tell you, listen, he'll have better skill players in Buffalo or in New York. That offensive line is putrid. Like, compared to the – dude, he had one of the best offensive lines in football last year in Green Bay. That's a a point that we, we should make sure to mention. They, they were bad last year, that offense, and they had a great offensive yeah, line. They did. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But here's the thing about the Jets, and this kind of leads to my point where I think this division is starting to really get stacked. The Jets play good defense. Yeah. And I'll tell you, even when Zach Wilson, who did beat the Bills last year, or whatever about that game, but anyway, or Mike White, my point is the offense wasn't really that good, but it was the defense that really matches up well against the Buffalo Bills probably the last couple of years right, right. now. So now they go out on the offensive side, and they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. They're getting Brees Hall back. They signed Alan Lazard. I'm sure they still got a couple more moves on the shoot. Garrett Wilson's already become one of the best young receivers in the NFL. Ty Cochran's a pretty good tight end. They got a good defense. So, I mean, we'll start there. I, I feel like I agree with you. It's not the same Aaron Rodgers, you know, as MVP Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. But he's still Aaron Rodgers, is, I'm sure, better than Mike White or, oh, or, or Zach Wilson. You know, with all this Bills Miami talk, I feel like it's time, whether we like it or not, to, to put the Jets at least in the mix. Oh, 100%. I'd probably put them in quasi into the mix, even without Rodgers, you know, right. depending on what they, if they got like a, you know, a veteran or, you know, maybe even drafted one of these like lower end guys, like Hendon Hooker is a guy that's probably going to go late in the first round. You get a guy like that in there and it's even just slightly better. I, I, I think that they, they have some juice. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm, we're talking about this DeAndre Hopkins deal, right? Mm -hmm. To me, if you're Brandon Bean and you make this DeAndre Hopkins deal, I think part of it has to do with how well the Jets played you defensively last year and the fear of what it could look like with Aaron Rodgers in the mix now. You know, like if they're going to become a legit, well-rounded team on both sides of the ball, they'll get Brees Hall back. He probably won't be the same player was last year for a little while, but he's young. He'll probably bounce back at some point this year. You got to figure they're going to be a tough game. They, they almost beat you twice, yeah. you know, last year. That second game was closer than I think most people want to admit. Here's the thing with the Dolphins, though. I'm 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 lukewarm on the Dolphins because of what's going on with Tua. I get it. He's doing some judo classes or whatever that's going on with that. I got to tell you, that's that's not going to fix your scrambled brain. Like, right. I, as a matter of fact, if you're getting dumped on your head in judo, I've watched judo um, sparring matches. It ain't good for the dome, man. Like, it is not. I watched Ronda Rousey dump like 200 pound dudes on their head. Like, it's not good. So that's a big question for me. Jalen Ramsey doesn't move the needle a ton for me because I don't think he's as good as he was. And my problem with the Miami Dolphins team in general, Vic Fangio is going to raise the level just in and of itself. But that defensive line, there's a lot of suspect, suspect dudes on there. Emmanuel yeah. Agba's coming off an injury. Bradley Chubb is not worth the money that they're paying him. They, I love Jalen Phillips. He's the one piece of that defense that I'm I'm really high on. What's going on with Xavier Howard? He, took, he dipped off this last year. I like Javon Holland. I don't know. I... I think if they get, I, I think if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, I think that there's an argument to be made that if I'm the Bills, I'm more worried about them than Miami. It's a fair point because it comes down to quarterback. Yeah. You know, Miami's got a lot of names. I do like some things they did. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I like both the running backs. They resigned oh, yeah. Wilson and Mostert. Mostert looked really good last year in Buffalo. Struggle to stay healthy. Yes. That's the one thing on those two guys. And and their style. They they're both kind of physical backs for their size. And I think that that leads to injuries. Yeah. By the way, shout out Tyler Dunn who commented. Look at these studs. Ah, oh, man, Tyler Dunn. Tyler Dunn just dropping the heat. <laughs> um, he had another fire story over at the uh, golongtd.com. Uh, great interview. Listen, man, I respect the hell out of Tyler, dude. Like, he is – um, he's just – he's what we all inspire to be from a writing perspective, and I juggle so many balls. I, I always wish that – I even talked to my students about this. I wish I could spend more time as a writer sometimes. But, man, we're, we're all chasing him because he's just so good at it. He's – the way that he puts things together – the interview that he took with Taiwan Jones and turned it into that story, it was it was really good, man. It was it was a great read. He's so likable that it almost if you didn't know him better, you'd be like, This dude ain't really like this, man. No, he There's is. No way. Oh, I know he oh, is. Oh, he I is, have, yeah. He absolutely I've is, never man. had a I've never had an interaction with that guy that he's not smiling. Oh, he's ever. Nice he's always just ever. so positive. I I love that about him. Funny uh, story, his wife, I actually knew his wife before he did. He used to uh, Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great person, but anyway, yeah. Shout out Ty Dunn. As a matter of fact, I think my buddy Joe Conzi, who I think we know from Casey's, mm -hmm. who's bartending there, I think he knows Tyler's wife as well before he knew Tyler, or vice versa. But it's fun. That's more Buffalo, right? More <laughs> Buffalo stories. It is. There's always some type of connection. I want to talk about Ed Oliver, Oliver for a second because this is something that fascinates me. Obviously, and to this point, I think this is more. I don't want to say media driven, probably fan driven or social media driven right now. The talk of him getting traded. Certainly that's not to say it won't happen. Right. But I, I feel like whereas DeAndre Hopkins, which we'll get more to in a second here, I feel like that Oliver, it just makes sense when you look at the number and you look at some situations. But make a case if you're going to trade him and then make a case to keep him. Because I look at a guy right now, and you were talking about this over wings, and I thought this was a great point. But quite frankly, I didn't think of you're in win now mode, right? Right. So you're going to trade him for cap relief or whatever. If it's to make another move, then maybe. But you already lost Jermaine Edmonds. You got a hole there for now. You trade Ed Oliver. He's in the final year of his contract. So my thought was, well, and this is what I told you while we were eating our wings. I'm like, well, we know he's not going to sign long term here. We, well, I mean, we don't know that. The assumption is he's going to want to get paid a hell of a lot of money. Right. And Brandon he's going to let him walk. You made a really good point, and you told me. Yeah, but he's also in the last year of his contract. Right. He's probably going to ball out because right. he wants to get that big-ass contract. So if you're in win-now mode, like the Bills damn sure better be at this point, why would you want to trade that guy for a fourth, fifth-round pick when you got a guy who's going to be playing like his hair's on fire trying to get that big-money contract? No, it's, it's, it's such an interesting part of this because, right, like you – if you're looking at it, maybe like a, a big ticket item, right? Like you're going to have to open up considerable amount of space. And a trade for Oliver opens up $10.5 million. Like it, it makes sense from sure. that perspective. And so any trade idea that's been pitched, you know, on, the, on our live shows or from fans in general, I think I even wrote about it in one of the, one of the articles I put out where like all the cap cutting moves that they can do, cap space adding moves. The thing with Oliver is it's always like two stories with him. It's the story of... You never quite really know what's going on with him. Like even when you talk to him, there's been times where I've I've spent time with him in the in the locker room. He's been amazing. He he was he was uh, personable. He was charismatic. Mm -hmm. he, he said some really good some insightful stuff. Then there's times you walk up to him and he'll have one word, one sentence answers for you. He's just he's hard guy to read. So 
all this stuff that he's putting out on social media right now, that might just all be like, hey, I'm just putting out my highlights. Like it, it might have nothing to do with all the stuff that people are thinking about. But what we were talking about before the show is if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm looking at this window and, and Josh Allen being at the age that he's in, we got to win this year. Who are you going to replace with Ed Oliver with on the defensive line that's going to be as good as he is? And I know you haven't had the sack numbers. The advanced metrics don't like blow your hair off back. But to our point, if he's going to come in this year and try to earn that money that he's tweeting about and he's IGing about, he's going to come in here and have a huge year. And then you can make the decision yourself. Okay, do we? is this the guy that we drafted him to be and we're, we're, we're willing to pay because it's important to our defense? Or are we going to let him walk and then maybe be in a position again to get a comp pick like they're trending to right now with Edmonds walking? Tyler Dunn, two weeks ago when Tyler was here, he brought up a point that kind of resonated with me. And he said he thinks at this point a lot of Bills fans put too much stock and it's from years and years of not making the playoffs and being a bad team, quite frankly, to how players do in the regular season. And we don't judge them enough by what they do in the playoffs. And he oh, cited – I love that take. And he cited Tremaine Edmonds as a perfect example. Last year, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, and you know this better than anybody, you cover the guy. He's been a very polarizing figure in Buffalo for the last couple of years. Love or hate him. That's how a lot of fans were. I think most people can agree he was good this past season. Much right. better, at least in my opinion. I'm speaking for myself now. I thought he was. this was far and away his best year during a regular season. Ty goes, well, what did he do in the playoffs? He got bullied. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone whose name is not Matt Milano pretty much got bullied right. in that playoff game. But he was like Jermaine was getting bullied all over the place, didn't do anything. I ask you that because I turn this back to Ed Oliver. Forget the stats, and, and you're right. You know, two and a half sacks, that's not really – it's not good. But metrics su suggest that he's a better player than that. No. Right. However, and I remember tweeting this during the playoffs last year. I'm like, they're getting nothing from Ed Oliver. Right. He had a gift sack against Miami in the wild card round. But he didn't By the way, side game. note, I'm going to let you get to this question, but you're in a very small group of people that like instant hot takes on Twitter. Like you, you're in that group. Geary's in that group. You guys bring it. I mean, I, I'm always like amazed at like the in the moment, like just like it's fire like, that you bring. Sometimes it's stupid though. <laughs> I, it is sometimes, and I you got to walk some stuff yeah, back. Sometimes I say some really stupid things instead of if I had my way, I'd rather be a little more uh, measured. Yeah, yeah a little be a little more measured and calculated before I put out some tweaks instead of. Yeah, but sometimes it's a little bit therapeutic, isn't it? I'm like, better. I'm better than Nate though. Nate's worse than that. Nate. Nate's brutal. <laughs> But I think he's also crowdsourcing some of that for the post-game show. Oh, Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you know, seeing like, you know, where's he going to take the direction? And by the way, listen, I love Nate Geary. If you don't listen to his post-game show, he does a great job he on does. that. Like, honestly, that's a hard thing to do, like win or loss, like depending on what happens. And I feel like he does a really good job. Like, I always make it a point after I'm done covering the game. I don't like giving him too much love, but I'm going to give him this much. Give him some. When I'm done... <laughs> With all of my stuff, right? Um, I write my stories. I do my podcast. I do everything. It's become a, a bit of a tradition. I'm on the drive home, or if I'm going back to my hotel on the road, I'll fire up his opening monologue, whatever it ended up being, because it's available on the podcast, mm -hmm. and I'll listen to it. He does a great job with it. It's always like he does it. He's like super entertaining and fun, and I like that. Entertaining is the word. Yeah, you're gonna be on a post game potentially for hours. You better be entertaining. I don't yeah. care if the Bills blow blow a team out. I don't care if they get blown off. The host better be. Entertaining. Yeah, nothing else. Nate is definitely. Ryan said he loves your hot takes. Ryan loves your hot takes. Ooh, Ryan, Ryan said that. <laughs> and so, little story about Ryan too. 
So somebody came at uh, came at the king. You know the the line: if you come at the king, you best not miss. Mm-hmm. Somebody came at him today because he posted a story on the DeAndre Hopkins thing. I saw that. Of course, like <laughs> Ryan is great at that. He puts people want to learn about that. People want to know about it. And somebody said, "Oh, this qualifies as news." Yeah, you low low grade media, whatever you guys said. And and Ryan texted me and he said, "I want to send this so bad." And I said, "Unleash it, unleash the beast, Ryan." And he did. He tweeted it. I was like, "I love it." I do. That was hilarious. Getting back to Ed Oliver, though, like to me, it was a disappearing act in the playoffs. Yeah. Don't you think it's time for fans and media, maybe too, to start putting more emphasis on what these guys are doing in the postseason as opposed to having good regular seasons and then kind of disappearing, at least in elimination games, anyway? Hey, okay. So I am totally with you. And honestly, it's like this week is a great example of that. This whole Tua Josh Allen conversation. That it's so weird. I'm like, did everybody watch the Kansas City game two years ago? Like, there's there's like maybe three other quarterbacks in the NFL that you could even breathe in the same sentence as what Josh Allen did in sure. that playoff game. I think you could get this gets a little dangerous though, like with a guy like Gabe Davis, who yeah. has had some of his best moments in the playoffs. The Kansas City game, Indianapolis, they don't win that game without without Gabe. If you remember, he makes some sideline grabs that were clutch that kept drives going. They ended up scoring. He's had big moments in the playoffs, and I think that's one of the things that this regime looks back at and is like they're thinking about extending him, and people are like, well, it was just a ho-hum year. He plays big in big moments. So I do think you have to value that. I think it's dangerous game to play to just say to completely discard what people do right. in the regular I season. Agree. But to what I probably was Tyler's point, a lot of the work that this defense has done, let's be fair, and you even saw Cole Beasley tweeting about it today when he took issue with – um, a comment that a fan, actually my former producer, AJ, yeah, yeah, AJ, I saw that he made a comment about Deandre Hopkins and how the last two playoff games end. He was like, Cole Beasley took issue and said, well, the, the Kansas city game, we scored 38, 38 points. Still lost. Yeah. I, I get that point. Um, I just think it's about h- how is this league trending right now? Right? Like we watched the super bowl, right? Yeah. What happened in the super bowl? Both teams scoring 30 points. Yeah. And both teams had really good defenses and it didn't matter. And I think that, Ultimately, that's why Tremaine Edmonds walked anyway, because the Bills realized that you have to spend your money and your assets on offense, or at least you think. Now, they're probably going to end up drafting another edge rusher and just make us all look like idiots in a month here uh, at 27, but we'll see. Everybody who's a Bills fan wants, well, maybe not everybody wants DeAndre Hopkins, but whether it's Hopkins, there's some people out there that want Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. You know, how important is it that they add a uh, legitimate bona fide we call them one or one a or one b or whatever that they get that piece and from your dealings with him and covering this team now for a handful of years do you think this is something that ultimately brandon bean will do now who knows maybe something happens by the morning when most people are listening to this but do you see something like that happening or do you think because at this point the offense has been tweaks and we'll hit on a talk about a couple guys in uh that they've signed in, in just a minute here but it still feels like they're missing that one piece. Now, I like Gabe Davis more than most people do. Right. I want to put that out there, too. I think the Bills could do a lot worse at wide receiver, too, than Gabe Davis. I'm just I'm just saying. But it feels like this team needs like that DeAndre Hopkins to keep up with the Joneses, or in this case, the Mahomeses and the Burroughs. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess it's like how do you internally assess what you saw out of Dawson Knox after you just gave him that contract extension? Mm-hmm. What are your plans for Gabe Davis? Is a, is a move to bring in a DeAndre Hopkins – 
the removal of Gabriel Davis from this offense, or is it in addition to? And now you have this three-headed monster, kind of like Cincinnati has. You also have to evaluate the DeAndre Hopkins thing is tough. These guys are at a dangerous age. Like, I put him, Diggs, and Tyree Kill in this bucket together. And it's like, any one of them, Hill more than any of them, because Hill's game is predicated speed. on speed, and that can go overnight. Now, it doesn't seem to be going, because he's winning national trials. Like, he's running, like, like, Olympic races. It doesn't even matter. So, I think you have to evaluate that part of it. But, yeah, I, I do think that Brandon Bean's going to turn over every rock. If he... It comes down to the assessment of the offense and what they need. If they go out and they get DeAndre Hopkins, part of me thinks also it's not just about what this is going to look like with Diggs and Davis and this this collection. It's Diggs has been healthy as hell. Yeah. What happens if Diggs goes down? Like you need somebody that can step into that one role. And I don't know if we're there yet with Gabriel Davis, are we? No. I and it's funny. Somebody pointed that out to me on Twitter. I don't know remember who it was, but I thought it was a really good point because I was talking up the Deontay Hardy signing and, uh-huh. uh, and and the Trent Sheffield signing a little bit. And somebody's like, well, okay, but you're also a Stephon Diggs ankle injury away from having one of the worst wide receiving units in right. the NFL. Right. You know, so going and getting this guy, it just feels like a win-win. You know, whether it's – or even if it's um, Beckham as well, it, I think that's a done deal right now as long as he's his asking price is what right. it is. But Or you could pull that trade. See, there, here's the two approaches. What's the Philadelphia Eagles model? They went out and they traded for A.J. Brown. That's their Stephon Diggs, right? Then they went and they drafted in the first round Devonta Smith. Yeah. So there was a trade um, proposal out of us out of the Chicago market. Ed Oliver and a pick squap. The Bills go up to nine. And their pick of the receivers. The problem in this draft is I don't know if there is a Devonta Smith in this draft. Yeah. Is there? I, I mean, so. the probably closest thing is there is the Zay Flowers and he might be more of a like a true slot. Jackson Smith and, and Jigma, the same thing. I don't know if there's a, a player worth going up for. And I think DeAndre Hopkins and why I'd be okay with it as long as the price is right. He is the the quickest link to a bona fide one type of player opposite Dix. I, I want to say this about Ed Oliver. Unless it's a trade that nets the Bills a player like a DeAndre Hopkins or some other good receiver out there that we're not thinking about right now. I don't think it's a smart move to trade him. Well, this is another point that has to be made. Do you trust Brandon Bean at this point to hit on the pick? No. And listen, it's tough. You're to not going to find many people that have been as pro Bean as I have been. I think he's completely changed the. He's. He's, to me, equally responsible for the culture change with the players that he's brought in in the draft. Like, there is a real, like a guy like Tommy Sweeney is a great example, right? Mm -hmm. Goes and signs with the Giants. They're not signing him because they think he's going to be in the mix at tight end. They have that Bellinger kid. They traded for Waller. They're getting Sweeney because he's a locker room guy. He's a culture guy. He's He's a guy that everybody in the room, no matter who you are, gravitates towards. They're buddies with. I remember, uh, him coming by and just jabbing Gabe Davis in the in the field house one day. He's doing a stand-up uh, press conference, and Gabe Davis looks back at him. He's like, all right, Tom, like go, go back in the locker room, do your thing. And it's like the rapport that he has with everybody on that team, like guys around this league, like decision-makers, covet those players. And so I think Bean does a great job at that. But if you look at his track record in the first round, and to your point and what you mentioned on Tremaine Edmonds, kind of falling off in the playoffs, Ed Oliver – in big games, where has he been? Right outside of Josh Allen, 
Greg Rousseau is probably the closest thing to a hit in the first round, and I wouldn't call him a star in any way. I agree. I don't. End of the day, I don't. If the Bills were to trade out at Oliver, I don't think they're going to get good value for him. Like that rumored or proposed Chicago trade, Chicago's not giving up. Oh, I'm not doing that because they got to pay Oliver without the knowledge that he's going to turn into the guy that you need him to be. Right, and seeing Chicago go all the way from nine down to twenty five for a player who's only under contract for one more year, who's got a a big cap hit. Like I'm saying, value wise, I think, and I. And you kind of sold me on this when we had our wings before the show. It's like, I didn't get Oliver a play like his ass is on fire this year right. because he needs to if he wants to get that ridiculous contract. I don't think it's going to come from Buffalo whether he plays well or not. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Talk about switching on, on the offensive side of the ball again real quick here. Ultimately, we'll see if the Bills land Hopkins or, or Beckham or Jerry Judy or one of those. Before you get into this, how many minutes were we going to go? How many minutes? We still have 14 minutes to the end before an hour. All right, so for people watching or, or listening. <laughs> no, because I'm looking at your sheet here. Oh, no, I'm going to skip it. This is something else I was going to read. But I tell Matt this, and he made fun of me. But you're accurate. I always tell Matt. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be on there an hour. We're going to be on there. Literally never, ever, ever, ever. No, because we're buds, dude. We just start talking and like going off on the on yeah, tangents. It's said, a good time. But I can't pick up the phone and talk to my wife for more than eight minutes on the phone <laughs> before I'm like, all right. That's enough. But just quickly, the, the offensive additions to this point, while we wait to see what happens with the, a prime wide receiver, you had Deontay Hardy, you had Trent Sheffield, you had a guard in Connor McGovern. They signed David Edwards as well on Thursday. These seem like tweaks and, and minor upgrades over what they had. And I, maybe I shouldn't say the word minor because maybe they are more than minor, like better fits. It's like they're tweaking up this offense where if worse comes to worse and they can't play in a Hopkins. How do you feel about this offense as it stands right now? And let's assume that they try to add a DeAndre Hopkins and they can't, or a Beckham and they can't, or a Judy and they can't, and they got to run with this offense and maybe a draft pick. Well, Edwards and McGovern are their answer for the failed experiment that was Roger Saffold. Yeah, for sure. Younger, quicker feet. They're not like explosive athletes, right. but they know their job. Edwards specifically, he was actually talking a little bit today in his press conference about the year one to year two jump that Saffold was going on and on about at the end of the season. He's like, this offensive line is going to look completely different once these guys have a chance eight months to go back and learn all the stuff that Cromer's been teaching. They're going to just, they're going to understand the philosophies better of how to approach the techniques and ex execute them. Edwards is going to be able to come in and help teach him. It, literally, he credits Cromer for the player that he is in this league. So adding that in the mix, I love that. And I think if you can, between him, Bates, and, McGo and McGovern, if you can find two reliable guys and then the guy that doesn't win the job is that first off the bench, the problem is tackle. And I don't know how much you want to talk about the draft, but like I'm really starting to move towards the Bills should be aggressive to find a tackle. And yes. there's a couple of them. Like, there's, um, I think there's a Tennessee kid, obviously Paris Johnson, I think out of Ohio state, Matthew Bergeron of Syracuse. He killed it last week. And there, some people are talking about him. Maybe as a first rounder now. So I took him in, took him in the second round of my first mock draft Bergeron. And, um, yeah, I'm starting to think he might not be there. Pick 59. And I think you just like, if, if you're Brandon Bean, aren't you sitting there saying like, yeah, I've said all the right things about Spencer Brown, but I'm backing myself up. And Oh, by the way. I love Deion Dawkins. I mean, we gave him the, uh, we voted on him for the um, good guy award yeah, for yep, the media. Yep. There's not many people I'm going to say more glowing things about, but I think he, if he was being honest with you and you had a conversation with you, he said his game took a step back last it year. Did. They're paying him a, a lot of money, $14 million to be the franchise left tackle. 
I don't know. What if his future's in at guard? You got to start giving numbers. And I don't think just Tommy Doyle and coming off of that injury, fifth round draft pick and David Questenberry are enough. I really hope David Questenberry was a, an insurance signing, meaning like if we go to the draft, like the Greg Van Roten, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. If you can't, if get you make you, the team, great. Yeah. If you can't, if we can't get what we need out of this draft for whatever reason, then we got a veteran who might be that swing tackle. Right. I don't, I'm not, I'm not done with Spencer Brown. By no, any means, no, but I also am nowhere near, and I'm, I'm sure Brandon Bean knows more than I do, but I'm nowhere near as high on Spencer Brown than Brandon Bean is. Although he did have some fair points about, right. you know, the injury and missing time. And he's young. He was raw coming in. He didn't play football his senior year. And dude, I think Russo doesn't get enough credit for how good he's been in the NFL, considering he took a year off of football. That that's got to screw them up a little bit. Like I'm, I'm way more patient on Brown, but that doesn't mean that Brandon Bean gets to be, he has to be aggressive. He has to go and make sure that his, his plans have backups and then backups for the backups. When it comes to the Bills right now, ultimately, you know, I want I do want to read. I'm only going to read part of this. This is okay. a tweet from Michael Florio. Not, not oh, Mike I like Florio, him. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not from Pro Football Talk. The, the, from Fantasy Football Serious. This is really critical to Bills. This is from January. I've been waiting for the right moment or person to ask about this. And I'll fly through some of it because, again, we are. I remember. It was a thread, right? It, it was a thread. Yeah. And um, I'll just read a, a chunk of it. He says, they can. They can out-talent teams in the regular season, and Josh Allen is a unicorn who can play hero ball and save the day most of the time. But if he has an off game, this team has no shot of beating an actual good team. The roster is very flawed, and now it's aging with the salary cap. Take Allen off this team. I'm not sure they're a 500 team. Turnovers have been an issue. That's to be expected when Allen is asked to do too much and or to put up Mahomes' Burrow stats with the arm while also being the team's RB1. It's a ton to ask of any player, especially – with the play calling, last paragraph I'll read here. The approach in building this team needs to change. It can't be investing the defense, and Allen will carry the offense every game. If McDermott, and at the time Frazier was still here, can't figure it out with so much invested, it needs to change gears. I mean, again, it's not a flattering thing to say. He's basically saying this team is not really as good as some people think they are. It's Josh Allen that is hiding a lot of flaws with coaching, with philosophy, with personnel, with draft decisions, to your point, I think Brandon Bean's only given an extension to two guys that he's drafted. Two. I, I, I think to this point. Uh, three. Three. Taron Johnson, Dawson. Dawson Knox, and Josh Allen. Okay, so three then. I, I feel like that, again, is not something fans want to hear, but it's, and that, that's it's not high enough. That's not high enough. No. And, like, you know, you, you trade up to, to draft a guy at 16 in 2018 – I don't care the position he plays. The fact that he's not coming back on a second contract, I mean, it's worth talking about. Um, they've changed their approach. They've gone all offense. They've not signed a new defensive player in free agency. And maybe they'll add somebody at some point, but they are re returning 10 of 11 starters because they were able to bring back Jordan Poyer. Right. But I do think the lack of aggression in free agency to fill the middle linebacker role tells me that we're prioritizing this offense. It's going to look differently. They went back to the drawing board with Ken Dorsey. I always thought there was going to be a learning curve for Dorsey. I think the real evaluation of him begins in September because he's going to have had eight months to download everything that went right, what, what didn't, and then implement new things. Deontay Hardy does things down the field. Trent Sherfield does things I in like the him. way in the way that he gets yards after the catch. They do it differently. Yeah. Hardy just blows by you. Sherfield could out physical yeah, you I at like times. Him. 
and he's got some speed. That highlight that he has from the 49ers game, 49ers kind of just looked at him and he just he hit another gear. And nobody could catch him. Those guys are invaluable. They knew Brandon B knew he didn't do enough. They were relying on Isaiah McKenzie, who had this unbelievable summer. He kind of sold everybody a bill of goods and he didn't deliver on it. And that's why he's now the face of the Indianapolis Colts' franchise. <laughs> Love Isaiah McKenzie. Shout Mine out to him, too, dude. I mean, yeah. listen, for as much as it might not have worked out, I can't say enough good things about that guy as yeah. well. But they needed to go out and try different things, and they they now have different players. And I also think you probably can work in there a little bit of a jump from Gabe Davis, who was a little bit disappointing last year from a numbers perspective. I like the offensive line a lot better. I think Deion Dawkins is going to be motivated to be better. If you figure out that right tackle spot, Josh Allen can stay healthy. Damian Harris is what they've been looking for for years. It's why they drafted Zach Moss, and he just wasn't that guy. Harris is that guy. We've watched him yeah. twice a year for the last couple of years, and he's had his best game against the Bills, and the way that he runs is what they want to add to this offense. Last point here, and, and then we'll wrap this up. When it comes to the offense, I feel like, again, if they get DeAndre Hopkins or even Beckham, it goes without saying that's going to be a significant major impact. Well, let's just assume that they don't. As of right now, you're relying on Ken Dorsey to be better in year two, to your point. Um, you're gonna you think the offensive line is gonna be a little better and more flexible, and certainly have better depth now than it did last year. I like Trent Sheffield and I see what Hardy's role, you know, a better version of what they wanted Isaiah McKenzie to be. Were you a Marlins fan growing up? You weren't? No. Mets? No. Yankees. Oh God. That's like every other, it's a cliche. No, you keep calling him Sheffield. It's Sherfield. Sherfield. Oh. You're thinking of Gary I just thought Sheffield. you were a Gary Sheffield guy. Gary Sheffield. Dude, he, by the way, so <laughs> I coach my son's game. baseball team, right? Whenever I get in there to show anybody anything, and if I get to just take a couple swings, I still, at 40 years old, do the Gary Sheffield uh, bat I waggle. Yep. I throw it up. I do the waggle. Shout out to Gary Sheffield. He was one of my favorites growing up. And I just loved it. Most, the way he's one of the most intense baseball players ever. But you're looking at these receivers, and you're expecting them to be upgrades. Like, you'll certainly be an upgrade, hopefully, at least anyway, over Jay Coomer. All the line will be better. On the defensive side of the ball, which I see them going heavy on the draft on defense because they're addressing so many. And it's not like they're signing a bunch of old guys on offense. It's not like Roger Sample, guys that are at the end of their career. These guys are that they've signed could be around for a while. They're still kind of young. Defense, I think they're relying on veterans. More than anything else right now, Brandon Bean looks at this roster. And the key to success for 2024 or 2023, I'm sorry, is the veterans who were hurt last year rounding back into form pre-injury. Vaughn Miller, obviously. Getting right. back Vaughn Miller that you had at the beginning of the year. Trey White, who I love Trey, but he was a, a shell of himself last year when he actually got back. Him working hard and getting back to what he was pre-ACL, one of the best corners in the NFL. Micah Hyde pretty much missed all last year minus a game and some change. He'll be back. Jordan Boyer. Broken down with injuries, six injuries last year. You know, I, I think they're yeah, relying. They, they got to keep him on ice until yeah start of the season. Like, <laughs> but, but that's I think that's what this Bills deep, they're relying on is the, the key to success is these guys who were hurt last year rounding back into form, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they were all healthy without Vaughn in the Chiefs game two yeah. years ago, right? I yeah. mean, it's going to come down to the offense and. I think that they have enough playmakers on defense, and to your point, having Hyde back, if they can stay healthy, having White be like the guy that he was. Although, people don't talk a lot about this. I didn't think he was having a great year before the injury. Do you remember that in 21? 
Um, he yeah, wasn't yeah, the yeah. all-pro version of himself I, I in 2021. And who knows? Maybe that was just like a one-off year type of thing. We'll see if it looks different. And I think he's motivated. I think he's probably heard some of the whispers. You know, Micah Hyde's talked about it on Good Morning Football about don't don't count out Trey White. So I, I'd imagine he comes back and he's really good. But I think offensively, they just they have to know who they are. They have to establish that before they break minicamp. And then they have to execute it into training camp and into the season. And then you got to have a buy-in. There's work to do on the Stefan Diggs front. Is anybody listening to this guy over the last two weeks, two months? He's not happy. No. You're going to have to get him to buy back in all this. Who was he screaming at on the sidelines, by the way? Was it was it Josh? Was he telling Josh to talk something to Ken Dorsey in his headphones? Whatever was going on there, that also has to be figured out. And when we asked Brandon Bean about it, he said, Everybody's getting away from football right now. They're taking their time. We get back in the building. We'll all talk. We'll get back on the same page. You better make sure you get back on the same page. And by the way, if you're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, you better make sure that 14 is giving you a big yeah. check of the box because what was his big pet peeve about the end of the season? The offense didn't revolve around him. Yeah. They trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Guess what? The offense now has two miles to feed. And regularly, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is coming over here to be you know, second fiddle to Stephon Diggs. No, he's not coming here to catch 40 balls. A, right. 40 balls a year. I think it's critical, though. And, and again, we're wrapping up here. I think it's critical that they get one more weapon. Obviously, Hopkins would be ideal, at least for some people. Some people not so high on that idea. Or like I said, Beckham, or you get a Zay Flowers or somebody in the draft. I feel like they need one more legitimate uh, weapon. I like the tight end idea, too. There's there's yeah. a couple of them. That I, Darnell Washington. I love him. He's, he's like a six offensive lineman who can make catches down yeah. the field. You don't need to play Bobby Hart ever. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Hart's still a free agent. Oh, I'm surprised. One more quick question. I forgot you. Shaq Lawson, what, what, why have the Bills not re-signed him? And more importantly, I get it. Maybe they, they want to take their time with him. Why is this guy not generating interest around the league? Because I liked what I saw from him. I thought he was maybe the second best defensive lineman on this team last yeah, year. Yeah, but he's, it's the same problem that he had before. He's limited as a pass rusher. Yeah. Like, he doesn't bring enough juice off the edge. Like, And what's funny is, I almost felt like they were more willing his first stint with, under McDermott to move him inside occasionally. They almost did that, not at all, this past season. And I wonder if that's just like he's getting older and... He definitely is not as fast as he used to be, and I'm a huge sack guy. I was I was advocating for the move before they even brought him back. I just think that there's there's pass rush specialist options, Yannick Ngakwe, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, that I think if you're going to bring in another guy, unless you're trading A.J. Epinesa or Boogie Basham, they're going to be in the rotation. You bring back Shaq Lawson, and it, it muddies the water. I'm going to end with a hot take here. Not as hot as the, the guy who was hanging out with us before. I apologize. I forgot his name. By the way, told... Matt Marino and I, that Fred Jackson, under different circumstances, could have been in the Hall of Fame. I'll throw that out there. I was like, that is a really hot take. That is a hot take. I like some Freddie Jackson. Don't get me wrong, but Hall of Fame. Listen, like, it's all about the right spot. Career. Is Terrell Davis a, a Hall of Famer? Mm. I'm just wondering if he is. Mm. How much are you going to punish him for? No, he's not in the, the Hall of Fame, right? No. But he's like constantly talked about as a consideration, yeah. right? He to me like he got an opportunity very early in his career. If I guess to his point, if Fred Jackson gets it earlier, yeah, maybe know. he's closer to the conversation. I don't know. It, it's a know. tough conversation. My my hot take is the Bills are going to make two trades before the draft. I before the draft, two two trades. Before do you have the these draft. specific trades? I think they're going to trade. I do think they're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. I'll tell you this, by the way. I'm not no source guy, no inside guy. I know for a fact there's a couple players who are 
talking like not in not people tweeting in public either. A couple guys on this team who think that the trade's happening. So gonna throw that out there. So I, I think that trade happens, and I might look like a moron come tomorrow morning when Dondre Hopkins gets traded to the Patriots or some shit like that. <laughs> but I think that's gonna be one, and I think a defensive lineman is going to get traded. I don't know if it's gonna be Oliver. It might be Boogie Basham. It might be AJ Epinesa. Mm. I think the Bills are gonna make two trades for the draft, and I don't think they're gonna sign another prominent free agent because as of right now. They can get a third round cop because of the right. Jermaine Evans. So basically, signing a DJ Chark at, at wide receiver is going to cost you a third round pick. And at this point, Chark is overkill. Like they got Sherfield, they got Hardy, they still have Shakir, and they still have I Gabe like Davis. His, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. Lil Shakir. Man. I I think at this point, Chark becomes overkill. I missed it by a minute and thirty something seconds. I told Matt we we're going to be under an hour. I lied. On that note, though, we are going to wrap this up here live. <laughs> From Imperial Pizza, Matt Perino. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Matt Perino. Add to his, uh, he only got 65,000 followers. It's almost like nobody even knows who you are at this point. I got 100K to go before <laughs> I catch Sal. So, And by the time I get there, he'll probably be at 250. So. And, and make sure you check out Shout Buffalo Football Podcast with him and Ryan multiple times per week. And live shows now at Wing Nuts. A great place for wings as well. I'm a little bit partial. I'm not going to lie to you. To Imperial oh, I, here, I love, I'm listen. a big Big fan of wing nuts as well. The the, the owners of wing, of wing nuts are awesome. Um, my my good buddies Chris and AJ. We talk wings all the time. They're wing fans like everybody else. Like there's so many good wing places in Buffalo. It's awesome. All right, guys, talk to you soon.